What's going on, y'all? It's the Review A New Podcast. I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And this is the Review A New Podcast, the podcast where we typically take a second look at our or your favorite media. And today we have a request by Dr. Goatman. Thank you so much for your request. And if you'd like to make a request, head on over to Kofi.com slash Rap Critic, where you can get all those uh, requests that you want in movies, music, streams. I'm trying to be better at advertising for myself so I can remember what all the things I was saying was. Oh, yeah, and if you go on the Patreon, uh, Patreon.com slash Rap Critic, you can get to see uh, all of the material that I'm releasing, uh, episodes and stuff early, as well as uh, getting to vote on stuff, uh, getting to join the Rap Critic Discord, all that fun sexy stuff that you get to do. So get with it, act like you want it. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing that I needed to remember. Uh, I'm doing like a tier system. Well, not tier, uh, goals now. For every $50 that I can get up, I'll be like streaming through uh, albums. So I'm uh, starting, if I, if we get to 450, I'm going to be streaming through the first round of Wu-Tang Clan albums. Ooh. If we get to 500, I'm going to be streaming all of Buster Rhymes' albums. Because I, I, I was trying to think of guys who are like, guys that everyone loves, but... Has anyone ever really listened through their albums, like, all the way through and called them? Like, Buster Rhymes is a classic artist. Everyone knows him and, like, mm-hmm. loves Buster Rhymes. But, like, what's his album? What's his great yeah. album? You know well, what I mean? Well, it's one of those things I feel like you've got these classic movies that get referenced so mm-hmm. much. Like, Casablanca, like, right, even if you've never seen Casablanca, you're like, he's you looking know. looking at you, kid. He is, you're looking that. at you, kid, playing yeah, again, yeah. Sam, all that. And then you, act, and, and you feel like you've seen it. And yeah. then you actually watch the movie. It's like, oh shit, this is like actually a good movie. That's why it got to that point. Yeah, Same yeah. thing with like The Exorcist. Um, I don't know. We're both excited to talk about this movie. And here oh, we are yeah. talking about other movies. But <laughs> before we get too far into this. Oh, yes. Um, Let's make it very clear. Yeah, this movie is incredible. It is really hard to watch. And I want to give a big fucking content warning right now that this movie is... I'm just going to be very blunt. This movie is about a rape. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that coming in. Mm. I was I did I knew nothing about the movie coming in. I think I saw the trailer forever ago, but I didn't really remember and I was like, "Oh, it's yeah. a duel and it's medieval cool or whatever." It is it is entirely about a rape. And, and what's what I love about how this narrative unfolds is that it like in the old-timey type of this story, mm-hmm. the fact that a woman was violated like would be the you know, the thing that actually isn't the concern. Oh, let's see these nice... I feel like I love how this movie doesn't let you get past the reality of what that is with how the narrative unfolds. And yeah. we'll get to it, so, though. So but yeah, we do want to give a content warning that they do not shy away from the reality. Explicit, explicit yeah. sexual assault, and then it's also yeah. just M- however long once. it is. Yeah. It's explicit sexual assault happens more than once, and then it's also just... How long is this movie? What's the runtime? Like two, two and a half hours. It is two and a half hours of unrelenting misogyny. <laughs> so, um, like old school stuff. It's the 1300s in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so I would just say, like, if you are some, but if, but it's not like a you know uncritical of it. It's making a point. No, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it's an amazing movie. Not to like you know not to go ahead and just spoil my opinion here, but like it's an amazing movie. But it is really tough to watch. And if you are not feeling like hearing about those topics, then it, it, don't it, it, skip this one. If you couldn't watch Game of Thrones, don't watch this, basically. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, I would say we're going to be talking about this without holding back at this point, yeah, I think, yeah. because we have to. So just yeah, yeah. don't skip this episode if, if that's going to upset you or, or be difficult. So just to start it off light, another uh, Hollywood movie set in France with no one doing French accents. <laughs> well, I mean, so that's like the weird thing because it's like, I guess... It's all vaguely British. 
shit. Yeah, and it's it's weird because like you're supposed to sort of suspend your disbelief. They're speaking French. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it, you know a French accent. If somebody's speaking English with a French accent. It, is, it doesn't sound like it. It feels like something you're doing something silly. You're like doing putting right, on because especially like, if you're you know Ben Affleck doing it. You know, what yeah. I mean? Because like a, somebody speaking English with a French accent is somebody who is speaking in a language that is not native to them. Oh right, right they're right, speaking right. their native language. So if they were like, it wouldn't it wouldn't True. make sense. I'm so sorry. That was offensive. Yeah! <laughs> True. I'm sorry, guess, any French listeners. I don't know. Is that just what we do? Like. Because if it's a movie's, if it's like, I don't know, Spartacus or whatever the heck, and it's set in like Roman times, yeah, we just do the general, you just make, do the British voice. You but, don't do like okay. a, you don't do like a Greek, you I know what I mean? Say, a a I local would, modern Greek voice. Yeah. Time, like, you know? I will say something though that is kind of fun about that, that's kind of funny, is that, so normally the whole like, it's Europe and it's not England, but it's old timey Europe and so we're going to do British accents, like, that usually irritates me, but... The British accents that they have are modern British accents. Now, that is not how people talked in England in the 1300s. That is how people in England talk now, more or less. And that accent happened because of Norman influence on English. So literally, Uh they're not just French people, they're Normans. And Uh literally, Normans are the reason British people talk like that. So it's kind of like... Reflecting upon itself thing. Yeah. I will say another... So something that was kind of interesting that I noticed is there are actually a few characters who have French accents. The, yeah, yeah. The I guess they're sex workers or like yeah. just ladies around. It's the, it's the Beauty and the Beast that, rule where it's like, oh, Lumiere can have a French accent. And, you know, well, the, the side characters can I, have French Yeah, French well, and, and I was wondering about that if it's just that they're more minor characters or if it's that... Um, if they're supposed to be from a different region in France, if there's something uh, other than if they're more not common, if they, well, if they're not Normans, if they're like a different ethnic or, or cultural group, I didn't know if that was supposed to be the intent or if it wasn't that deep. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking the accents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but this movie's fucking incredible. Yeah. So let's get so, into so it. So as I watched the first, like the first time I watched this movie, I'm not gonna lie, like the first. 40 minutes when I didn't know what was going to unfold. I was just like, mm-hmm. typical Night's Tale sort of thing. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon's here. Ben Affleck's here. I feel like we're still in a 90s movie. You know, like, we're like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, you know, I enjoy it because, you know, I yeah. enjoy seeing the faces of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. But there's, you know, I'm, I'm not really pulled into the narrative because I'm just like, okay, here's a Hollywood movie. You know what I'm saying? But then when that flip happens of the... Okay, here's the uh, uh, here here is how this story plays out mm-hmm. according to this one character, and now let's tell you how. And you just have that moment of, oh wait, what? Like we're about to get like a flip here, and then you get another flip where it's like, and now here's how this story played out for the you know the character who this is actually most important to. Yes. you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like I loved that. Can I just say also, I really want to like highlight this because the idea of the sort of Rashomon style Mm -hmm. you know the same story but from different characters perspectives it's easy to do badly right right and I will say specifically about the topic of sexual assault you know it's very, but I get you I totally get you right yeah. so like it's very easy it would have been very easy to have a 
to have a thing where here's from this guy's perspective and he thinks it went like this and he didn't do anything wrong. Right. And then here's this woman's perspective and she has a totally different idea of what happened and why does this lady say and who he said she said nobody knows. Yeah. Right? When it they would, just play it too black and white it and it's been, like come on. And here's the thing that is amazing about this movie is that even when and this applies to both the men but i think it's mm-hmm. particularly yes, yes and we'll get into it it applies to both the men but i think it is particularly powerful in the second passage the one that's from adam Degree. adam driver's character uh, degrees character is that he i don't know if that's supposed to be a pun that just occurred to me if his name is supposed to like be like a bilingual of... bi- bilingual pun anyway uh-huh. sorry anyway let me stay on point uh-huh. so these men tell on themselves and show their worst characteristics even when they're telling their side of the story. So Jean, Matt Damon's character, that's Jean, right? Is his name Jean? There's a Jean and a Jacques and hold on. I'm gonna like that I need to like yeah, J E A N always messes with me because I think in Haitian you say it a certain way, but then in English it's like so I'm used to like Jean, but then it's like Jean but yeah, so Jean is Jean, Jean is Matt Damon. It said like Jean, but look with a little bit more Jean, like, yeah. right? Like Jean de Carouge. Jean de Carouge. Jean de Carouge is Matt Damon's character, and Jacques Legree is Adam Driver's character. I feel like I'm saying that with a Hebrew accent. Legree, but anyway, so Jean is an oaf. He is an oaf, and he is a hothead, and he is. You know, and he's just basically this, like, kind of bumbling asshole. Yeah, and I like and, how they really portray him. Like, because, like I said, when I was first watching it, it, it didn't necessarily feel like they were overplaying it as to, to be just a buffoon buffoon. Mm-hmm. It really did feel like, here is this guy who's he was besought by the fact that he eh, doesn't really know how to figure this mm-hmm. out. And is just kind of charging headfirst into this. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? So and, it kind of, oh, this is this person's character. They're and, brash. They don't think so. You know, they I, can't read. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the way that his character was introduced, I didn't, like, I didn't really get into this movie at first. I didn't quite understand what was going on. But looking back at it, the way his character was introduced was so brilliant because before we get into the topic of misogyny and sexual assault and all this stuff that is really difficult and is going to like immediately activate a whole lot of automatic responses in people, we see him... Uh, charging into battle, and from his perspective, he's doing this noble, I'm so brave, and I'm going to rush in. And, and that's all what we always see in these movies, right? Brass soldier, you should yes. go for, oh, but then it turns then, out he did the right move because he was just so slick, but with this movie, it doesn't, doesn't see, really go like that. And then we see in Legree's perspective on it that, yeah. no, he was being an asshole and fucked up. Yes, and he was Leroy Jenkins. He was, was, he like, was Leroy <laughs> Jenkins again. And so, and also, Dick Rouge, now I will say that his memories of what of like how his wedding uh the memories of everything like as i was watching back in this movie it like the little things that they did little little things yeah yeah. and and here's the thing like that is the whole story as i'm Mm -hmm. watching this movie it's like oh these little things aren't just like oh well from their perspective they saw this and they saw a completely different thing no it's like they saw the same thing but perceived it differently in ways that are so believable that it's like it made me drop my fucking jaw when I really watched it it's the most subtle little differences and I don't want to get to this just yet but in the actual rape scene that happens twice those very subtle differences become incredibly important yes and also that goes back to what I'm saying is in Legree's memory of it he tells on himself because in 
McGree's memory, it's not like he remembers it as being totally wow. fine. Oh, he remembers. That, I want to get to that. Yeah. Like he remembers all of the actions and all of the events happening exactly the same way Marguerite does, but his interpretation's clearly different, and that is achieved in such an amazingly subtle way. Yes. Um, that doesn't let him off the it hook. It doesn't. It doesn't. Do you get what I'm trying to yes, say? Like exactly. it doesn't just go, well, how couldn't you see? It's like, no, you it's already like, constructed you a narrative can, and you ignored things. Right. Going back to um, De Carouge's memories of the way that his wedding and wedding night go to Marguerite, um, that I think is the most... Th- that his memories about those intimate moments with Marguerite are where we see the biggest divergence between mm. different people's memories where like the mm. actual events are, are somewhat different. Mm. Um, but even, you know what I'm saying? Like we see his character. I get what you're saying as I'm thinking back on it. When he f- is first introduced to Marguerite and because her dad years and years ago took the wrong side, he's a dick to her when he first meets her and we see him like just not having any, sort of um, not having finesse, just being this very like blunt person. And clearly from his perspective, he's like, I'm noble, I'm principled, I I don't like, you know. I know I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy. I'm exactly. the good noble knight who is the protagonist of this story. And you yet know? looking at him from the outside, even he, he tells on himself as being frankly, a dick and an oaf mm. and inconsiderate. And, you know, we find out later when we see Marguerite's perspective that he is somewhat worse than that. Yeah, and honestly, it's like it becomes, like, his shittiness becomes part of the excuse for Degree's behavior in his mind mm-hmm. in a way that becomes it's like, I see why this is happening. But what's fascinating to me is in the typical paramour story, right? It's mm-hmm. the knight who is the noble man. I mean, uh, this knight comes across, you know, this other man who is, you know, doesn't really love his wife or isn't treating her right. And he sees that he's the good man for her. And mm-hmm. so in the night, you know, they have a relationship, and you know, but she can't tell. That's usually how this type of story in the romantic way would go. Mm-hmm. But the way this movie so upends that in a way that's just like, Ooh, like, yeah, how much of that really was that romantic and how much of it was shut up, bitch, don't tell anybody? Like, yeah. Yeah, well, and there's, um, I I was going to say, this just occurred to me as we're talking about it, that there's very much a, um, a deconstruction of the romance trope of here's this one guy and here's the other and this woman is torn between these two men and they're very right. different and it's they're o- opposite. Like 30 years ago, and this so, would be a different and movie. One of them, yeah. And so one of them is clearly coded as good and one's bad and you're supposed to take one of them aside. And here are these two men who are horrible to her in different ways, but yeah. they're both horrible. And honestly, that's the reality of a lot of romantic comedies we can look at. Them. So I find it so funny, as I was watching this movie, I literally was watching it like, oh, here's the typical romantic comedy, but, I mean, uh, romantic comedy, but it's like, comedy like mm-hmm. in a period piece you know to get the chicks into that you know whole scene but then as I say like oh ooh, this isn't trying to be cute about this shit at all in fact like the way it uses sexuality at certain points of this movie to like like you know how people talk about like oh man there aren't sex scenes anymore in movies it's like oh boy there's some sex scenes in this one and, and it's not all just rape scenes oh, because there, there's there is, uh, lots of scenes with the prostitutes yeah, where it's I just was, like yeah we just got prostitutes I was like, gonna <laughs> say in in Legree's segment we see and I thought this was also so there are things in this movie that and I think this is true of just about any historical piece that is worth anything 
there are things that are commenting on modern day. Right, right. right. Because, and this is not know, exactly one-to-one. We're we trying to say about, something about, yeah, yeah. Right, like on. we talk about rape culture. Well, here is a very literal rape culture. Here is a culture that that is is almost literally like husbands can legally... Like, their wives' consent doesn't matter. Women are property. Like, it's very much... Literally, the most women are given agency is, if you had had someone's baby, that means you must have had... The the sex must have been pleasurable, so you were fine with it. Like, that's literally... Well, and and here's the thing about that. So, that was an interesting moment. I was going to say, in terms of, like, sort of modern touches, there's a character who literally says, it's just science. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, that was actually a medieval belief, not about rape, specifically but the the in medieval times in medieval western europe they believed that uh, you could not conceive without both parties having an orgasm Mm. they they thought that in order to and also the medieval stereotype was that women were sexually rapacious um you know now nowadays the stereotype more is that men it men are but uh but Mm. in medieval times women were seen as being voracious sex beasts and the need to be controlled, and, <laughs> right, and the and also they they did think scientifically that a woman um, could not have uh, could not conceive a pregnancy, and you know clearly a biased perspective there, <laughs> right? Well, um, and and the thing is, like you know, we know now also from a modern perspective that a that isn't true, and also like you can involuntarily have an orgasm and it can still be raped that doesn't mean you weren't raped but i mean the way that it gets played out and how this narrative treats it it's like oh for you to have like that gets kind of treated as like proof of whether or not you know she but when you look deeper into their actual like marriage and relationship like they treated like well if you uh had this baby you must have had an orgasm with this man but then it's like well wait a minute uh but they were having problems and we know that earlier in the movie and she was sexually assaulted yeah well and i was gonna say i was gonna say in terms of there being a modern commentary there was a representative todd aiken made that comment about yeah well if it's a legitimate race i couldn't believe that woman's body can just shut I that down of course, that. yeah much less excuse for believing that now but um but yeah like that there there were very much some comments but one of the things i found very interesting because you know there's a lot of conversation around how does media influence the way that people how do how does media influence the way that people interact with real other humans and how does porn specifically and I am not anti-porn. I think, you know, like there's nothing inherently wrong with porn. Mm. And I also don't think that everybody who watches, you know, things that are fantasies that are not things they would necessarily do in real life. Right. You know, I don't think that means like, oh, if you watch this and that, it means you're a rapist or whatever. I don't think that. Right. That's a gross oversimplification. However, if we view these, you know, I don't know, again, if they're supposed to be sex workers or servants or whatever, but these women that the that the Duke... Uh, or Count, Count Pierre, yeah. Ben Affleck's character that Pierre and all of them. Oh, real quick, we should make a note about um, about class and rank because um, you mentioned something about the knight. So, yeah, they're both squires. So they're, both, nice. they're both yeah. squires to start, and then Jean de Carouge is actually knighted, and Legree um, remains a squire the whole time, and yet, oh. even though he's technically a lower rank... So that's what he was really getting... I, I, I wasn't like 100% on, yeah, I thought they were both knights. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, Legree remains a squire, but even though he's technically lower rank, he's very close Clearly friends... Clearly being treated with more respect. With the Count, right, and so there's a whole lot of dick swinging in there, but... 
um, when Legree is, you know, having these orgies with Pierre, um, there's a scene where this woman, you know, they're they're playing around. It it seems like it is a game she's consensually participating in, and he throws her on the bed, and she's laughing at that point. Like she's laughing, she seems to be having fun, and they're they're fucking. And, and he says like, here, let me put some evil in you. <laughs> like, oh, is that? His... I feel like he said, let me put a needle in no. you. No, like, that's like a weird thing <laughs> to like, say about your own. Dick. I was like, dude, that might have been one of the hottest lines in movie. <laughs> history that yeah. year and let like, me put some evil in you yeah. and <laughs> like, like damn bro he, i really thought he said let me put a needle in <laughs> no <him." laughs> you undercut that line yeah um, <laughs> put some but, respect on this man's uh, on this man's name mr adam driver so so he so it's this moment that like they're they're playing and it's fun and she's enjoying it right at least that's that's what it seems to be being presented as yeah now when and we see this in both instances, in both depictions, both from Legree's perspective and from Marguerite's perspective, it's an imitation. Yeah, yeah. You say, um, I don't know if at this if, point, if you we, run, I'm only going to chase right, you. Right. Yeah. So, and and I also want to say, like at this point, I think the way we're speaking about this, we assume you've seen the yeah, movie because yeah. we're not summarizing everything. Yeah. But um, but Legree, uh, he he picks Marguerite up. He spins her around. Her legs are kicking in the air. She's shouting, no, no, no. He throws her over his shoulder. He throws her on the bed. The the now, It's almost choreographed to be yeah. visually identical to what happened with the girl in the orgy. And yet, if you're watching with half a brain, you can tell that Marguerite yeah. is genuinely scared, is yeah. genuinely saying no. And so what that made me think of is that I don't know if this was sort of like anything as ham-fisted as it's a commentary on porn, but it did say of like, hey, if you're a man who's accustomed to thinking that, you know, a girl shouting, no, 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 get off me is playing and really wants it. Well, it's the specific, that... it's the specific, because uh, let's put this in perspective. It's the, well, we all know proper women of this time can't admit to wanting to have sex, mm. so we all know that you actually do want it, but, you know, you right. you're going to... That is the, 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 the rape culture. That mm. is the rape culture directly. It's the... Because now, I can insinuate, even if you don't want it, well, we all know women just say no anyway because they need to pretend to be uh, noble. So anyway, yeah, we all know when you say no, you're just playing a little game. Mm. That is the so, problem. It's the way that it's... the culture enables men to override consent. Yeah, and right? I, I want to push back on that a little bit because mm. this is where it gets into, you know, the past is not the past. The past is not a homogenous thing. So in, like, the 1950s, a woman could not admit to liking sex. In the 1300s, a woman was assumed to really like sex, was supposed to want sex. I mean, notice how many times she is asked, like, well, you like having sex with your husband, right? You're supposed, That's true. Right? Like, in, in that particular culture, it wasn't that... But, you're, wor- but you're not supposed well, to be, like, a whore, right? Well, like, you're not supposed yeah, to have sex with I a mean, whole bunch of men. No. You know? Or admit that you want to have sex with someone who's not your well, husband. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yes. There's also the whole weird thing of courtly love, which is weird as fuck if you actually yeah. look into courtly love. But but I, I, I think it was very much supposed to be that seemed to be something particular to Legree and the way he and his cohort 
carry themselves and the way they interact with women. Legree is a brute. Jean is a brute in a completely different way. Jean is a misogynist in a completely Le, different way. Legree so, is a, Legree is like a, the intellectual brute, right? He's like the well, I'm smart, so it's okay for me to act like this because I'm I'm intelligent enough to deserve to. And, you know and what also, Legree like, is like rapacious in general. He's constantly hitting on all these different women. Yeah, in fact, when she first is introduced to him, she's kind of bring up like, uh, weren't you with so and so? Didn't somebody mm. say that they caught you? With, yeah, you know, so and, she's calling him out. And Jean, meanwhile, is very much like, I have a wife. This is my wife. She is mine. I'm going to do whatever I mm-hmm. want to her. Um, and so I, I think it is interesting, these two men contrasting these two very different flavors of misogyny, that it's not homogenous, that there are different ways yeah. that a woman was brutalized in this society. And well, when, because of the different ways these men think of themselves, right? Right, yeah. and when we get to the aftermath, when after she tells her husband what happened, and he goes off with, you know... I'm gonna get I'm gonna get him back for doing this. And you know, he says, and we find this out from when it's from Marguerite's perspective, he says, How could he do this to me? He keeps doing this to yeah. me. Oh um, man. But it, well and the thing about it is, as you watch the movie up to that point though, it's one of those things where it's like, I totally get why he's in his own mind because all he's thinking about is himself. Thinking of, well, he did this to me, so this next thing must be about me. And not even thinking, like, dude, your wife was just... Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. And, and also we find out when it's from Marguerite's perspective that Jean, immediately after finding out that she's been raped, oh basically God. rapes her. It's rape through coercion. And he, he goes like, he, well, uh, you cannot know another man in my bed before uh, I know says, you in the he bed. He says he will not be the last man. Yeah, yeah. Man. And it's just like, that's so, oh and man, what, a, what, a, what a gentleman. It is such a cruel and brutal thing. And in his own memory, when we see like their wedding night, he like strokes her face and says, don't be afraid. And he sees yeah. it. Yeah. Well, well, what happens, there's a specific moment where when uh, in earlier in the movie, he kind of gets a little shouty in a, a bit belligerent but in a way that would like you could understand because he says like I was uh, assaulted and he says and he's like it was degrees it's the truth this is true. Tell me this. Is, yeah, and yeah. I could see being like a little exasperated. But later on, you where you see the truth, he's yeah. like, what is it? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it is not a sort of like, oh my God, please tell me. Like, it's a sort of like, bitch, did you fucking, you know, it's the, it's the sideways, yeah, yeah, yeah. bitch, did you give yeah. away my book? You know and what I, I mean? And I want to say also that much ink has been spilled over the romanticization of men like Legree, but... Also, you know, we, we've all heard that, like, you know, I mean, a- ask anybody about Twilight, right? Like, we've all ah, heard that, yeah. like, the the pushy, you know, quote-unquote romantic, but really pushy, not respecting boundaries type mm. of lover, you know, that, the man like Legree, yes, that gets romanticized. But also, I feel like we don't talk enough, and this is what this movie does really brilliantly, is also deconstructs the romanticization of men like Carouge. Who feel that they're the knight, the protagonist, and right, they're owed the woman. Yeah. Yeah. A very because we know from almost the very beginning of the movie that Carouge and Legree are going to wind up dueling, and that it has something to do with Marguerite. Yeah, the movie starts with her. I like how it does it uses visual language to kind of like clue you in on how the, what they're going to consider important. It's like it starts off with her focused mm-hmm. on her getting dressed for the event, and then it goes out to be like, "Whoa, what's this duel that's happening?" And then. All right, now let's tell you why this is happening, and then goes back to the beginning. And there is a very important detail that only comes up near the end, that if Carouge loses the duel, that Marguerite will be tortured to death. And I'm like, (laughs) ah! And so... 
the, Ooh, and we'll get into that, especially with the mom. And oh my God, yeah. there's so much to talk about, you guys. I, so I do, if you will forgive me, I want to go ahead and talk about the ending real quick and then we'll sure, circle back. Yeah, because yeah, I'm just yeah, like, I go, gotta get this out. Go, yeah. So that whole, this was like, again, this movie, I came into this not knowing what it was about. And... Um, and I was just sort of like, I was like, okay, yeah, medieval swords, whatever, for like the first little bit. And then when it became clear what the subject matter was, I was like, oh God. And it was, it was so well done. It's so good, but it was so rough. And this whole last, the duel was like really rough because you're scared for Marguerite and you're scared. And and the stakes of the duel are... Uh, if, because uh, like the way they're trying to figure this out is she's claiming that uh, you you raped her and because, you know, this man is speaking on behalf of her, it's like, all right, now it's this man against this man saying whether or not and it the, happened, right? the logic is that, so, you know, from a modern perspective, you're like, I'm sorry, how does a sword fight prove who, who <laughs> is telling the truth? Um, but the logic is that God will be on the side right. of whoever is telling the truth and will not let that person die. Right. And, so, s- and, and that's why I like is like, it's such a, this is the knight's tale, right? If you are noble and true, you shall win. But it's like, nah, dude, it's really just fucking luck. Right. Know, like, like the way Marguerite stronger. says is like, you know, my life's now depending on which old man dies first. Right. And <laughs> she, and so the, the stakes are that if, if Legree wins, then that will be God saying that Legree is right and he did not rape Marguerite yeah. and then not and then Marguerite and Carouge will be liars and Carouge will have died because that's what the duel yeah, is. You already and, did, but... and Marguerite will be tortured to death, will be burned to death horribly. And also she's just had a baby, so she'll be leaving oh, her, her right. child orphaned, not only like Man. herself getting tortured to death horribly, but leaving her child orphaned. And um and why does she have to go through that? Because he's like, no, we're going. Right. The husband's because, like, we're going through this. We are risking your life because I need to prove to this guy. That's the thing. Because yeah. the whole thing Put is. Put my nuts on the table. Ego, ego, ego. She did want to speak the truth. Right. But the duel is entirely Karuja's idea. The duel is entirely Karuja. I will have satisfaction. Yeah. Right. And and in fact, she she originally brings it up. It, isn't, it's like she originally brings it up. And then when it becomes a little bit more extreme, she's like. Okay, I just want him to like admit it to. I don't want it to be this bigger thing. Like she tries to push against it initially. Remember? Yeah, and I, I think also I want to say just in terms of like the ties to modern day. I think this movie is also a really great answer to people who shame any woman or any human because people of all genders sure. experiences. If anybody who who gets raped or sexually assaulted and then is shamed, or why didn't you go to the police? Why didn't you make a report? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I think this movie has a great answer to that is that sometimes, I mean, very often that entire process, almost always from, from what I can tell, that entire process is re-victimizing somebody. Yeah. And, and that if you have been, yeah. and that if you have been hurt. Have a traumatic moment. Like imagine if, if you've been, been killed and then had to talk to someone about it. You know what I mean? Like, right. So what happened when they were stabbing at you? Uh, exactly. Remember the moment? Uh. Right, exactly. You have experienced trauma. You've been harmed. And then to say, now you also have to be humiliated and re-traumatized or you're a bad person. That's yeah. ridiculous. So... Um, you know, well, you know, we don't have people literally getting burned at the stake in this country anymore. You do have, you know, kind of figuratively women getting burned at the stake. You watch what happens online. Mm. Anytime, anytime a woman comes out and accuses a man of sexual assault, 
watch the kind of it's shit. Like, well, what were you doing? What, what, what was that? Well, well, I don't know. What were you doing? You know what I mean? It's always like, you know. Yeah. And so. Um, yeah. Now, I, now, of course. Okay. Well, to be very clear, there's a specific side of this that does this, right? Like the, the side that does not want men to be questioned. And right. goes, well, I don't know. What, don't these women always trying to come for rich men? Aren't they always just trying to get their money? You know yeah. what I'm saying? This, like, yeah. And so, okay. So I just have right. to talk, I have to talk about the ending and get to the like emotional, right. like emotional relief because <laughs> I was watching the whole duel just so fucking scared. And I was watching the whole thing going, That's right. like you really are I watching really, this thing and be like, who's like, going to win? Because at this point we know that John is a fucking asshole that he's abusive that he tried to choke his wife when he found out she'd been raped and then yeah you're not exactly rooting for one or the other and then essentially (laughs) raped her himself he's a he's a fucking asshole he also I mean this is a lesser point but he also doesn't know shit about running his estate and was running it into the ground before he left yeah and she took it over so she clearly knows what she's doing and Marguerite was fixing shit up and so I was just like okay what I want to happen what I really want to happen is for Jean to kill Agree first but then for him to to die and so she can just like be a rich widow and chill and at and then at the end because i'd forgotten it says in the beginning it's based on a true story and at the very end like we get the little black screen white text explanation and find out that after a couple years after this happened carouge died in the crusades (laughs) and marguerite got to live the rest of her life as a rich widow running the estate and having having a great time and i was like thank God, yeah, and, and, <laughs> good, you know, it's so good. Funny. It's like with how dour this movie is. It's like this is the relative best that a woman of this time could hope for. And it's like that honestly is pretty good. I, I mean, like, hey. yeah, like literally, literally, if you were a woman in the Middle Ages, being a rich widow was literally the best thing you could possibly. Yeah, be. like being a rich widow meant that you had the sort of social standing and advantages of having had a husband at some point, right. but you don't have to actually deal with the husband. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and, and the assholes aren't going to bother you because oh, you're an old maid. It's like okay, so now I'm only going to get guys who are who I want to talk to, not just the guys the riffraff. Yeah, so so I was very happy for the real life Marguerite, um, and uh, and Jodie Comer is great. The actress who plays her is really great. Like I said, as I watched the movie, and at first she doesn't feel like she's playing as big of a role, and then as her she starts to become more expressive and being allowed, yeah, it becomes like a holy shit. Yes, I'm so glad we're getting this character, especially in the scene where um, the uh, uh, the scenes where. the banquets are happening, and you're seeing her interact with Legree, mm-hmm. and you're seeing her kind of like going like, mm, no, I, I, I see exactly who you are. I'm not like, you know what I'm saying? You can it, see her kind of cutting him down a little bit like, ah, don't try to think you're too slick. The way you know? that this movie is structured is so good because by the time we get to her perspective, it doesn't, because especially, again, the men tell on themselves Legree and Carouge tell on themselves, even when they're telling their side of the story, it's still like, wow, this guy is a fucking asshole, mm-hmm. right? Like, even when it's like, well, here's what I think happened, yeah. you're still, you still know they're fucking assholes and they did bad things. It, it's so, the sort of like, like when he charged in on the, on, in that battle, it's the sort of like, it's not that it's not true that I charged in, but ain't I such a rebel that I did it? Right. Versus LaGreasing and being like, look at this dumbass just right. thinking that he's so fucking, you know, slick. You know and what so I'm saying? So yeah, that time, perspective changed. Yeah, and so then by the time it gets to Marguerite's perspective, 
it's not that she's telling a different story or a different sequence of events from the other two. It's the, just this breath of fresh air, like you're seeing it without the bullshit and the self-deception. Mm. And so I really, again, appreciate this because it's not doing this fucking like, he said, she said, well, he said this didn't happen. Who can and she know said what happened? Did happen. Then the sitcom misunderstanding of like, oh, well, she's... No, and actually the quote-unquote misunderstandings that happen, I really like how they do them the scene where he walks in on her like in it where, where his you know uh horse boy or whatever is like oh i need to you know get my neck fixed and then like he walks in and how that dynamic plays mm-hmm. out and how they reshow it is just sort of like a we'll get to it in a second because <laughs> I, I forgot where my train of thought was going oh i just want to say because you mentioned the horses and i almost forgot but this moment that we see in margarita's <laughs> oh my the god like it was almost I, I I feel like I don't want to say anything in this movie is funny, but there were some moments of comedy. Mm. And this moment was almost funny, but also horrifying. So this is from Marguerite's perspective. I don't remember the exact context, but she's standing there with, with her husband's horse, who's this beautiful white mare yeah. who kind of looks like her. Mm. And the mare is there. And then this big... Black, Black shiny <laughs> stallion who looks like Adam Driver. That fucking horse <laughs> looks like Adam Driver. He's a big, shiny, black-haired, with a black mane. Yeah. beautiful with like big floppy mane. <laughs> just this gorgeous, giant, black-haired stallion that looks like Adam Driver comes in and starts humping the mare, and then and then Carouge starts He's whacking so it. So mad, with it. and then he gets so mad and he starts hitting it with a shovel and going, "No, no, my mare, my." Mare. Mare, yeah. Not my mare. And it's and, like, and he's going like it's it's important. It's it's an expensive horse, okay? And then, this, and then the you can just feel it's like it's almost too on the nose, but just that yeah. moment of her realizing, yeah. oh, that's how he sees me. I'm his mare. There's so <laughs> many moments where you see him losing like actively not getting respect you know you you be talking about like high class and low class characters mm-hmm. there's so he many moments has, where he's trying to be the high status like, character he's so low status yeah he's yeah so low status even when his literal political status is higher than like the when he gets literally knighted at one point yeah. but he is low status because he doesn't have control over himself and his anger legree doesn't have control over himself and his fucking horniness um, and mm-hmm. and his, you know, I I get to take whatever I want, mm. but but Carouge also lacks self control, and his lack of self control makes him very low status. Yeah. And everyone like realized. it's the scene where it's after the battle happens, and like some other people are being blessed and to turn into knights, and then like you know people just happen to be quiet at that moment, and then like afterwards, you know, they get up and uh, people are just kind of talking, and he gets down to like kneel and get his thing, and people are still just kind of talking, and he go and he has that moment of just like quiet, and you can kind of tell that sort of like. Okay, little man needs to make sure everyone respects. Him. You know, you can almost yeah. hear that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it, yeah, it, it very is. It, it very much is. And um, I, I just, I also want to say, just real quick, like I, I mentioned, it's not even fully comic relief. Like this movie doesn't have like any like real haha moments because it's mm. so heavy. But I did appreciate King Charles the Sixth. He's just being a fucking weird little just, dude. And, and I like that little dog. I, I like that and because he, it's and like he's such a psychopath. You can tell that he's like yes. oh, you can tell this is somebody who has the, never been told no in his life when he's like, oh, these he, people these these people who are lower class than me are going to fight each other yes, to the death. He's the, the modern, he's the modern, you know. 
Latino Gen uh, Z YouTuber watching people with real issues going on, but he's just like, I'm just seeing this shit, you know, right, right at the cool part, so I'm just watching it. Like, when you see him, like, it's so funny. We think of Kings as, like, the regal man and, with and the big he looks, beard. He's very young looking. The, yeah, but the, that was a lot of Kings, right? Yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah and they were looks, just kind of given a lot of power, and of course, they're like fucking kids, so they don't know what the fuck yeah, they're really doing. Yeah, like, I you know? think the actor, the actor's in his, in his late 20s, but he, yeah. he looks like a teenager. Yeah, I legitimately in thought fact, he was a teenager. I think he played. Oh, <laughs> you know, he was in uh, the end of the fucking world, oh. and he, he plays a teenager in that. So I ha- I didn't quite recognize him at first, but um, but yeah, I, I appreciated the king being like a weird little freak with his weird little like, because that's the reality. He, he had a King Charles spaniel, and he was kissing it. But I liked how being a weird like, little freak, and I, I just appreciated. I like especially how that character feels like the biggest kind of tell of the. Yeah, in the normal story, you know, maybe 30 years ago if we were telling this story because we were trying to be appropriate to what we think needs to be how you tell a night's tale. Well, the king is this regal man. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, it was most likely some, you know, shitlord kid who had unchecked power. Imagine the 13-year-olds of today, but with no one telling them what to do. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, just fucking imagine. And they just get to watch petty people. And that's the thing I was thinking about. Like, this rich king, you know. Is- also, people who just by living back then would have seen a lot more death. Well, than yeah, your average 13-year-old now. But I'm just thinking about this kid who's like, you know, is going to live his life like well and everything's going to be fine with him. And then the movie, as we watch, we're watching these real characters who are dealing with real life. You know what I'm saying? And like, the fact that uh, 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 Matt Damon's character wants to be considered noble, sure, he is a, like a low-status character and a buffoon because he doesn't know how to really navigate to those ways and he's not really good at getting to those ways, you know what I'm saying? And that exposes him, right, like as he's trying to do that. But at the same time, he is a human being who's like, his liveliness does depend on this, right? As uh-huh. we open the movie, it's uh, it's about, you know, uh, Legree comes over, he needs to collect some debts for uh, the uh, for the Duke so that they can, you know, fund the wars. And he's like, ah, sorry, man, I, I don't have the money. And you later actually kind of find out, like, you know, at least like from his perspective, it's like, well, it's actually because he was allowing the people who were uh, couldn't, you know, pay to not have to pay. So he mm-hmm. was actually... You know, in his eyes, being kind of a good guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, just leave everyone out. You know, let's try to make a deal. And then, oh, this guy comes in and he wants the he wants the money right now. And it's like, wait, how come how come the Duke himself doesn't come to me? How come? Wh- how, why are you coming to me? You know, it's that sort of thing. But Legree kind of reassures him. He's like, oh no, 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 don't worry, I'm gonna vouch for you. It's just that you know, this guy wants to collect the debts. I'm going to everybody. I kind of had to squeeze it out of everybody. So you know, I don't want to squeeze it out of you, but we gotta blow, we gotta blow. You know, it's yeah, like that sort of deal. Yeah. Um, this is a, like a random, this doesn't fit in with what we were just talking about, but just mm-hmm. in terms of the relentless misogyny, um, I'm just looking over the cast and, and Legree's priest, there's a scene after Legree rapes, uh, rapes Marguerite where he's going to confession and he's kind of trying to justify himself and the priest is like, no, you, you've done evil. And so yeah. for like a split second, you're like, yeah, tell him. And then he's like, don't let that evil harlot tempt you into... Oh, into, man, like, yeah! No! <laughs> it's like, I remember that like a half a second where it's like, oh, is it going to be good enough? I'm like, no, no, no. She, it, it reminds me of the... Uh, 
that that Hellfire song from Notre Dame. Like it was the gypsy girl, the one who cast this flame. It's not my fault. If in God's plan, he made the devil so much stronger than a man. And so like, no, you're making excuses for not having control over your behavior. That's what so much of this shit is, right? When you look into it, you know, I mean, when the rape happens, he's like, We could not control ourselves, love. We could not control ourselves. Oh yeah, he's very much creating the the he's telling himself as much as her that she yeah. wanted it. And the other thing too, and so is that Cartman energy of like, you know, he want he I believe that you believe that you're a good person, Cartman. You well, know, it's so that energy, right? Like the, the other thing too is that Legree, the situation in which the rape happens is very premeditated. Like this is not oh oops, yes. oh oops, but, something but. just happened in the moment. He waits until her husband is gone, right? Goes with his servant gets his servant to trick her into opening the door, mm-hmm. slips in. Like, it is very premeditated. But I think about it, in a romantic comedy, that exact same mm-hmm. scene would have been a, oh, he's supposed to, it's supposed to be that guy coming in, but oh, the guy who really loves her is coming in, and you know, but he's going to have a slick mm-hmm. reason. How many times have you seen that scene of the guy who opens the door? Hold on a second. Uh, I have and one I, more thing to say. And, you know I, I, mean? and I will say, I do feel like ever since the Twilight backlash... Um, you know, we have had a lot of cultural conversations about how that sort of behavior is not actually romantic. And so to me, the portrayal of Legree is not as interesting. I mean, it's, it is, it is well done and it is spot on, but it is, even that is not as interesting as the portrayal of Carouge because Mm -hmm. I think the sort of flip side I can't believe I'm oh. saying this, but like you know, Carouge is kind of the um, he's he's kind of the Jacob to uh, Legree's Edward. <laughs> uh, Jean de Carouge is very much the sort of nice guy. He's like, I'm just a simple good man who's just trying to do the thing and do the right thing, and and yet he, because of his doing what he thinks is the right thing and really the right thing for his ego, literally puts his wife and the mother of his new baby yeah. in danger of getting tortured Over to death. Over his ego. And, and it, it, I, in the night of their wedding, he says when they're dancing, mm-hmm. and it's supposed... It, again, it's one right, of those scenes. Right, when you see his perspective, he's like, I'm a jealous man. And yes! And it's like, oh. And, and it's so funny. Like, it's one of those... We're not saying, you know, in movies where they're like, I didn't say anything, but we're letting that linger in the air for a second. So he goes like, oh, because she says, he says, uh, like, you shall dance with no man but me on our wedding night. You know, I'm a very jealous man. And she says, who what about any other night, my lord? And it's sort of that, <laughs> you know, you're not dancing with any and, other man on any other night either, also, woman. You know, it's that sort of, I didn't say that, but I yeah. didn't answer it. And, and, and you know what I mean when I didn't answer it, that sort of thing. Maybe a relatively small detail, but I think it's important to note that, um, in medieval dancing, the norm was you switch partners constantly. Like the yeah, way that that's right. Sort of, I remember thinking that, like, medieval, hey, isn't that the sort medieval, of hey, yeah, like medieval Western European dancing was men and women dancing together, but like constantly swapping partners. It was a group dance. The sort of like, like when the waltz invented. If you've ever seen, <laughs> I'm bringing up another movie, but if you've ever seen Fiddler on the Roof mm. and. Um, and laser wolf. Uh, and sorry, I gotta laser come wolf. up with any excuse to say laser, say laser wolf. <laughs> um, but when uh, the you know the young uh, Bolshevik um, shocks the the second daughter by 
um, by teaching her like how to waltz and showing her mixed dancing. Uh, uh. It's like particularly shocking in you know a traditional Jewish community, uh. but um, but really the waltz was considered shocking and scandalous generally because uh. it was one man and one woman dancing together. And, That's like, right, like the good Lord intended. <laughs> but, but no, it was shocking and scandalous because it's one man and one woman pressing their bodies it together sexual, and yeah. dancing together all night. Whereas if you're in a big group, just everybody dancing together, it's not like that. So all that to say that a man saying to his wife, you're only allowed to dance with me is extreme and weird. It's like it's saying it's, something. It's yeah. Like it's telling, particular to that. Time. It's like telling your wife, she's not allowed to like speak to the male waiter. If you go out to yeah, eat, yeah. it's weird. Um, so Matt Damon tries to sue for, Oh yeah. He's constantly trying to sue Pierre. Yeah. And, I will yeah. sue. <laughs> I would sue you. Um, and he's like, I, I feel like maybe I'm misremembering and imagining this, but I remember him like stomping his feet. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I remember he does like something in this way, but I don't think he stomp. I don't think he stamps. He, he, he is <coughs> giving off the energy that made me remember him. As yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but because there's a couple of times where it's like the first time is well, he's trying to. Uh, you know, pay for his, uh, trying to pay his, his debts. His tab, so he yeah. thinks if he marries, uh, uh, Marguerite. Yeah, Marguerite, he'll be able to do that because the dad has a dowry that he'll, he'll give to him. But Robert, the father, he needs to pay his debts. And so Legree says, well, let me get that, uh, you know, piece of land off of you. That'll be really valuable. Mm. And so, oh God! And then when we see, like, from Marguerite's perspective, where she's just standing awkwardly there in her bridal veil, listening to them argue about like the the bride price versus the dowry. And, and what's funny is when what? you see them the first time, she looks like she's off to the side, like she's a child playing with toys. Like from his perspective, mm-hmm. where he's just like, "I'm the man of talking business," and hey, look over there, child that I'm going to marry. Anyway, you know, like yeah. she looks like she's just like sitting there and playing with toys. The and then when you see it from her perspective, it's so awkward. Mm-hmm. So, um. So, you know, uh, uh, the, now, now the mom, the old maid character. Oh, yeah. I really like this character. Well, she's not an old maid. She's a, she's a widow. She's. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. uh, I was trying to remember whose parent she was. Yeah, she's Karuja's mother. Okay, okay. She's been recently widowed. And she is like the medieval version of the just no MIL sub. She is like the worst. She's the, the mother-in-law from hell. She's so horrible. (laughs) And then you, like. Near the end, she has a moment that you can feel some empathy for her, but, but, but she is so like, fucking awful. Yeah, and she is so shitty and like digs into people for just like seemingly no reason. Like Marguerite, she goes at her with just like at a point where she's like, "Okay, why did you do that? You didn't need to do that." But then it kind of like unlocks a sort of conversation where uh, you know, because the point is, you know, uh, Marguerite's bringing up the rape, she's like, "I'm not going to let this stand. We're going to do something about this." And the mom is just sort of like, you know, laughing herself. It's like, oh, yeah, you're really going to do something about this? And, you know, the mom confronts her. is like, well, you know, what would you do in my shoes? What would you do? And she's like, you know what? I actually have been in your shoes, actually. And let me tell you that what we did back then was shut the F up and survive because it doesn't matter. And all you're going to do is bring trouble on yourself. And so, like, you know, it, and it feels like very much like the sort of like, whoa, you know, from our you know modern perspective, it's like, how could you say such a thing? You know, we should speak mm-hmm. up for people when they're, but it's like, when you think about it from the perspective of this old lady, it's like, who's really going to speak up for these well, women? Again, you know what I mean? Like, and again, yeah. this is something Survive. That, Who gives yeah, a shit? And yeah. again, this is something that echoes modern day in a way, because how many, how many women... How many women have you seen who are like in their 70s and they were in the workforce in like the first gasps of women's lib and they are 
and and they say like, oh, girls today, like they're just whining about sexual harassment in the workplace, and they need to just toughen up. We all had men back in the day. They pinched our asses, and we just right. dealt with it. Exactly. I mean, literally, <laughs> like, oh, like maybe you shouldn't have dealt with it. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> you shouldn't not, have just had to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe not so much without now rape, but I absolutely have seen older women tell younger women, "Shut the fuck up and deal with it. Men are going to be men, and you just need to toughen up." Um, about sexual harassment, certainly. Um, about date rape, about, you know, not that, I mean, okay, like, and, th- and this is maybe me showing my age, like, I don't think date rape is even really a term anymore because it's just rape, but like. Yeah, right, yeah. They, but like, like when people say like marital rape, it's just like, I think, I think rape is just rape. <laughs> right, like, yeah. that, that's true. But, but can and, you believe that it's called rape when they're, when she's married to him? Well, like, that's what that feels the, like. The it's only, like reacting And marriage. the only reason I even specify that is because from the perspective of these older women, I'm not, hashtag not all old ladies. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying sure, all older women. Sure. I'm saying some older women that I have seen say this kind of thing. To them, so many people if are like, you are on yeah. a date with a guy and you're drinking and you're in the back of the car, you're asking for anything that happens. And so from their perspective, that is different from a stranger jumping out of the bushes. Right. There's, yes, there's so many people who like, they progress, their their politics progress to a certain point and they think because like, well, that feels like the most progressive to get for that time. That, you know, as time moves on and now there are new con- there are new situations and new understandings of that, like people don't adapt to that, right? And they just go, well, no, no, the way I did back way, the and, day must have been the right and way. And there's also a sense that, and I, like, you <laughs> With know. With all the lack of knowledge that I had was the, definitely all the knowledge I needed. You know what I mean? That a, sort of. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a lot of, there is a, a, a lot that's been spoken about the tendency for people to say, well, I went through this, so why should you not have Student to? Loan. <laughs> right, with student loans, yeah, or all, all kinds of things. And, um, and you know, rightly, people like, I've seen people rightly say, like, wow, why would you not want the next generation to have it better? Why would you want people to suffer yeah. because you suffered? And at the same time, while I agree with that morally, and if I stop and think morally, mm. yes, I agree, like, you want the next generation to have it easier. That's That's a good thing. But I also understand the emotional impulse. I have had right, right, that impulse. Sure. I have seen people who are younger than me who say, I shouldn't have to go through this thing that I went through. And I have the immediate knee-jerk response of going, oh, come on, we all went through it. You should go, you know. I I understand not about sexual assault, but about things like, you know, I mean, just... Something that's hard that we grew up with that we consider normal now that we're used to it, right? Like being queer, having to wait until adulthood to come out. Right? Like having to wait until mm. I was out of the house and not financially reliable mm. on anybody. Not, you know, and, and I want to say for the record, my parents are very supportive and not like shitty or horrible. But the fact that I didn't, you know, I didn't come out until adulthood. So it was never even a consideration of what's going to happen. And I admit that I've sometimes, when I've seen, like, teenagers talking about, like, how can I get my parents to understand, I've had the thought of, like, oh, my God, just wait until you're over 18. Just wait, like the rest of us did. <sighs> and I don't think that's the right thing. That's my knee-jerk reaction, but I don't think that's right. I think it's good that kids are coming out younger. I think that's good that kids are forcing their parents to reckon with it instead of just, like, running, you know, running You, the kid, having to be the more mature person and shield their feelings from themselves. Like, no, you, the adult, should have to deal with the fact that you have prejudice. So I do think it's, you know, but... So that... the What happens with the mother-in-law... Oh, yeah. ...is... Is I think something that, you know, I think probably a lot of people, even people 
who, like me, morally agree that if you think about it for a second, it's wrong to say, I went through this bad thing, so you should have to, can still maybe relate to that emotionally on some level. Yeah, and, and especially at this time, you know, it's not exactly, you know, it wasn't exactly, you know, 1980s, right? Like, we're, oh, women because, are in the workplace. And, like, no, you are a dowry that belongs to it. Yeah. And so if you want to survive, you better and be it's quiet. Literally like, said, it's, not sort of deal. it's literally said outright, I think it's Pierre who says, the, the, the count who says to Legree, um, he says outright, like, rape is not a crime against a woman. Oh, yeah. It is a crime against a man because you, because you are violating his property. And that, you know, the fact is that, you know, Marguerite is existing in a framework where even if, like, you know, even if she, you know, quote unquote wins, even if people believe her, she's still not seen as having been a human being who was violated and is the victim of a crime. Right. Even right. even in the absolute best case scenario, she's seen as damaged property. Yeah. And that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Oh, tis a pity that she has been violated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and so, you know, uh Jean, Jean, yeah, yeah, Jean's marriage, uh, you know, they, they, it's kind of like, okay, so they can't conceive, so they're kind of like having issues on that end. Then, uh... Oh, she gets, she gets pregnant at around the same time. Well, yeah, but, but, but it's, I was saying like right before that, because it, like they're having issues with, with conceiving. Mm-hmm. Then the party happens where it's like, oh, you know, we're going to reconcile in front of everyone. Hey, how about you give a kiss to my... Oh, that's right. Like that moment... Which that, was so like a man. This really shouldn't have happened like this. Yeah, and so that moment's interesting because again, a little side note about medieval culture. There's a lot of really interesting little details about medieval culture that make a difference. Yeah, and, I got the feeling that it's like because you know modern day you wouldn't be like, right. hey, dude, let's make up. Yo, kiss my wife. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, so like, I'm not a jealous man. Right. You know? Well, so like nowadays, you kiss somebody on the mouth if you have a romantic relationship yeah, or a yeah, sexual yeah. relationship with them. Um, pre the plague in in 14th century <laughs> Western Europe, people went around kissing everybody on the mouth. Like you, like you see your bro in the marketplace, you kiss him on the mouth. That's how you said hi. It was like shaking hands. And then the plague happened, and people were uh, like, mm, maybe we shouldn't go around swapping spit all the time. Yeah. I like I really thought that COVID was going to do away with with shaking hands the same way that the Black Plague did away with kissing everybody on the mouth. Mm-hmm. It did not. People are shaking hands again. Yeah. I don't like it. But anyway. Oh, you're Fist bump all day. I fist bump, elbow bump, you know, just yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. not touch hands. Hey, hands. Why do you need to touch my like, hand? Why do you need to touch my touch, hand? Let's <laughs> not touch. Let's just like <laughs> shove our elbows at each other. I liked the elbow bump. I thought the elbow bump <laughs> thing was cool. Um, but <laughs> anyway. Um, it's a cowboy thing anyway. We don't we don't need to keep doing that, right? Wasn't it the, hey, you know I'm not armed because I put my hand yeah, out. Yeah, or something. You know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But so anyway, um, so when he's like... You know, when when he's like, oh, yeah, go kiss him. It's not this, like, weird cuck fetish thing where he's like... No, of course not. Yeah. Because because that's what I was thinking. Because earlier in the movie, he says, I'm a very jealous... Right. I'm a very jealous man. So clearly he would not be allowing that and unless so it was some sort of costume. It almost yeah. feels like, actually... And you mentioned him treating her like a child and, like, looking at her like she's a child. And it almost feels like 
saying to your kid, like, go hug someone's, like, go yeah, hug yeah, Bobby, yeah, yeah, yeah. you Give know, hug. Yeah, it, yeah. it feels like that. Like, and, look, look, look how cool of a guy I am. I'm, I'm letting you, I'm letting you kiss my property over here, you know? Well, like, and, yeah. and more than that, it really does feel like just the, like, okay, like, go, go hug Uncle Bob. Like, you know, right. it, it's the, like, the, like, okay, we're all friends here, so go do the expected physical affection. And yet... Even though kissing on the mouth is not an exclusively romantic thing, it's still something that I'm pretty sure people did with romantic partners. Yes, absolutely. And so that moment between them, it's really interesting because that moment... Well, the the first time you see the kiss, it's the sort of like, oh, give a kiss, and then you see them kiss, and then it hangs for just a second longer than Mm. you think it should, and then she pulls away for... And hangs there just a second longer than you think mm-hmm. she said, but then she pulls back, but there's nothing that's really said, but it just feels like he, you see him in his eye where it seems like, what? Why yeah. did he just pause? And, and the second and third portions, Legree's perspective and Marguerite's perspective, and this is so important. Mm. This is so important. The kiss, to me at least, in those two portions looked identical. And mm. Marguerite looked like she was maybe, maybe ever so slightly into it. And mm. she says, he's handsome. And she seems a little charmed by right, him. Right, right. And that is so important because, again, if we're talking about rape, we're talking about consent, we still, yeah. we yeah. still, in the year 2023, have people saying like, oh, but she thought he was hot and she was into yeah. him and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you know what? A woman is allowed to be into a dude. A woman is allowed, and again, this applies to all genders, but here we're talking about a woman and a man, so that's why I'm saying that. But a person is allowed to think another person's hot. A person's allowed to be into another person. Yeah. That doesn't mean they automatically consent to whatever that person might do to them. Exactly, precisely. But, of course, if you're someone who already wants to think, oh, well, she wants well, I'm in, I'm in. You know what I'm saying? It's I, like it's, I so just think it's so how that allows that person to, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, but I yeah. think it's so important to show that, like, she does seem attracted to him. She does seem into him at first. And that does not invite what happened. And, and on top of that, uh, there is the, like, the issues of, you know, her husband. Like, Legree talks to uh, the Duke about how, like, how they feel about... Like, the Duke is literally like, I don't care, I care very little about this. I think he literally says, I care very little about this uh, 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 Jean person. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, it's clearly like a, like, okay, this guy's slow stance character, we don't give a fuck, who cares about him? And then on top of that, Legree, especially in the second act, when you're seeing it from his perspective, he's kind of looking at, you know, Jean and saying, like, okay, look at this guy. He's this, you know, uh, not really good at his finances. He clearly can't read. I, I can see that. So, I, but I know that Marguerite can read. And I know that she's really, you know, reading a lot of books. And so it's like, wait a minute. Hmm. I wonder if there's... I think his, his page, like, brings it up. He says, I wonder what books they read, Sire, if he can't read, you know? And it's sort of like, the, oh, what can this man and this woman have in common? So it's like, it's one of the... He's like, so it's one thing where it's like, there are threads there of she's in an unsatisfying marriage. He sees that he is like, that this guy is clearly like not satisfying her, like intellectually as well as, as we see later on sexually. So it's like one of these things where in a typical nice tale, aren't these all the setups that would say, well, this is the man that comes through and said it was like, but that's not necessarily fucking so, right? Just because she's not satisfied doesn't mean she's going to want to fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing is traditional courtly love is uh, traditional courtly love is intensely emotional and romantic, but 
not sexual. Traditional courtly love, you don't touch each other. Mm. And it's all about longing, right? Yeah, so if, if he was actually following that courtly template, they would have had this romantic flirtation and he would have written love poems about her and he would have wandered around mm, in the woods. Very true, very right? true. Um, and, we don't do that, do we? Right. <laughs> and so rape plus Rashomon storytelling could so easily turn into, well, here's what he said, and here's what she said, and these stories are completely different, and so who knows the truth? It's impossible. And just allowing it to not be that, and allowing it to be, no, what happened is very clear and obvious. But if you are a certain type of person, like, if you are already narrativizing your life in a way that makes you want to say it this way, right? Well, the unsatisfy- unsatisfying husband. Well, uh, the, the woman who seems like she... You know what I'm saying? Like, how you right. can justify I just, the narrative. I appreciate that it showed not what... Not what Legree says happens, because he says the whole time afterward, he's like, oh, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't touch her. Then nothing happened. I didn't do anything. Yeah. And I was I so actually, glad... Actually, like, how he admitted to the Duke kind of reasons, like, I didn't... It was like, he was like, no... Well, I mean, she made the typical protest, but, but it, it, like you caught that, right? Where right. Like, well, the woman made the. He's like, like at first, he's like, no, there was no rape. I mean, the woman made the typical protest, but that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to act yeah. like they don't want it because you know they're supposed yeah. to pretend they're noble. And but it, it was that sort of deal. Was like a wow. And bro. he well, and the and he says it to his close personal friend, but publicly he continu- yeah he continually denies it publicly. Denied, and, denied, denied. And I was so glad that the segment from Legree's perspective was literally not what he says happened but what he thinks happened. And, 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 and that's it, such an important distinction because, God damn yeah. it, if we had had to sit there and go, well, from his perspective, it well, was all actually, fine. Actually, like, mm. this is what I actually really like about how this mm. unfolded because I feel like the fact that it unfolded, because um, I, I tried to look up, like, negative critiques, too, see what mm. people were saying about, like, why they had issues with the movie, just see, like, oh, uh, make it a point. And actually, like, the reason why I actually... Feel it, it strengthened how good this movie was because someone had said like, "Oh, I don't like how it just you know tells these different stories. What's the point of just telling it from the different perspective? What's the point?" And like, and I actually really like how they framed it because I feel like imagine this movie told in a different way where they're in a court and it starts off, "What's your story of events?" Now, what's your account of yeah, it? That, that would already been like so fucking tiresome. But, but but that would have already preempted your brain to be like, "Well, are they telling the truth? Well, are they telling the truth?" When a movie starts with, "Here's how the story went." But wait a minute, let's see how they, you know what I'm saying? It already preps you to, honestly, be kind of, uh, be culpable for the Mm -hmm. fact that you believed how things unfolded initially, right? The fact that you're like, oh yeah, well, this is a noble man just trying to get revenge and, oh yeah, well, actually, when I look at the scene, it seems like she's, like, she's, uh, you know, he has a reason to believe that, but then, but then when you get to the final story, what really happened like, I feel like the movie forces you, instead of just being, well, unreliable narrator, who, who can say, it forces you, as the progression of the story happens, to be accountable for being with the character in that moment and believing what they were believing. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally come to the end and be like, wait, it, that was how it went like that. Because I remember having the moment where I rewinded back at the movie and I was like, having like, and you know a movie's good when you want to rewind back and be like, wait, what happened? And then really being like, oh, it did happen like that, but such a slightly different thing happened where it was just like, wait, like uh, the scene, I think somebody uh, online pointed out how like in her, I mean, in his accounting of events, when she takes off her shoes, she kind of like places them in a certain place. So it seems like, oh, she's not hurried. She's putting her shoes down right, real quick. But in her version, she kind of like moves in right, a way where she, it's like, oh, no, she's getting them off to get away quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. In his version, when she's going up the stairs, it seems like she's playing like tag or like hide and seek with him. And 
you know, even though if you're really looking, she does look scared, but you can see how he thinks she's being playful for a second. But in her version, it straight up looks like a horror movie. Um, yeah. And yet you're really watching the same thing with these. Yeah, yeah. again, extremely subtle differences. I want to say mm. I just remembered what I am thinking of that's mm. like the counterexample to this and what irritated me. Mm. Um, and it's not Oleana, actually. It was a Law & Order SVU episode. Of course it was. <laughs> and it was this, and it was, it was clearly like an episode that was like, oh, this is like our artsy episode. This is our artistic episode and we're being challenging. And it was a court, it was a court case and it was a woman accused a man of rape. And then the woman, turns out she's slutty and she's got like a history of mental illness mm-hmm. and da da da. And then it, you know, you're in court and you hear both of their testimonies. And then the episode ends before the jury delivers their verdict. And Fucking it's like, chicken. what do you think happened? Oh my God. And the thing is, what you think happened there, because you're literally just seeing court case, what you think happened is going to very much depend on your own yeah, prejudices yeah. and whether you are inclined to believe a woman who says she was raped regardless of what she's like, or if you're inclined to try to poke holes in the story of a woman who's saying she's raped if she doesn't seem reliable. Regardless of what she's like. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, these guys are going to type of guys are going to do that anyway, so, you know? And, and so, like, that is going to be all about your own personal prejudices with this Again, there's no doubt as to what happened. There's no doubt as to the actual fact of what is going on in front of you. And the only... Like, there's no doubt that she says no when she says you can run, but I don't want to chase you. And there's sort of... But again, because, like, at the time, there's that... uh, I don't want to say necessarily chivalry, but in the the play that they do where it's like, oh, we're pretending this is what we normally do. You know, we're joking on what we normally do. Oh, no, my lord, don't take me. Like, you know, joking on the expectations of how women are supposed to act. And the thing is, like, in the scene from his perspective, when she's screaming, no, 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 she doesn't sound like the girl in the orgy going, no, Yeah, right. She sounds sounds genuinely scared. She's genuinely fighting. She's not just kicking for fun. She's genuinely fighting him. And then... In his perspective, in his recollection, when he starts to actually fuck her, um, she's making sounds that could be interpreted as sounds of pleasure. And it's like... And and in her recollection, she's crying. And she's, you know... And here's the thing that is also, again... And I and I think this is important to say, and I would hope that the people listening to our podcast, if you've been listening to us and you don't hate us and mm-hmm. the things we say, you probably already agree with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, when people are sexually assaulted, sometimes their bodies react in a way that is protective and their bodies can react in a way that's like, okay, we're going to make this feel good because that's mm-hmm. going to... Physically protect. I mean, physically, if you're getting penetrated, I mean, not even just emotionally, but physically, if you're getting penetrated and, you know, and your body responds in the way that it would if it were consensual, that will make you less likely to get injured. And so these things happen sometimes as your body trying to protect itself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes noises happen involuntarily and orgasms can happen involuntarily and that does not equal consent. Yeah, but like I feel like what basically the most primal version of what they would be saying is if a pussy got wet, then bro, she wanted it. Well, I mean, but like a body what... can get wet just to be like, yeah, just right. lubricating And also, yeah. and again, important to say, because I know, you know, here we're talking about misogyny, we're talking about women, but 
men can get raped and I have heard this yeah. shit like guys can get hard on even despite how like right. oh I feel I, this I've feels hot but I don't want this person right now I, I have yeah, heard like, yeah. I have heard and this was a heterosexual or I've fe- got a girlfriend why is right. it you know like, that happens okay. you know so I have heard and this was a heterosexual female rapist saying this a woman was okay I should say she was alleged she was accused of raping a man and she said oh that's stupid a woman can't rape a man you can't put a marshmallow in a coin slot yeah and that is no if you touch a body part that fills up with blood involuntarily right. it can yeah that does not mean a person getting hard or getting wet does not equal consent. Yeah, response again, to physical touch. Yeah, right. And again, yeah. again, I feel like hopefully the people listening to our podcast already know this. Yeah, yeah. But I just feel like it's worth but stating the, for the record. But the reason why this stuff is allowed to be as pervasive as it is is because people who honestly like don't want to think about other people's, you know, it's it. They just go like, well, but the pussy was wet, so uh, well, but you like, like literally in the movie, you know, he, he says, uh. Well, uh, when he's talking to her, he's like, oh, we have a lot in common. And she's like, oh, what in common might that be? And she says, appreciation of each other's good looks. And she kind of laughs at his joke. Because it's like, eh, it's a pretty good joke. If you're saying, like, oh, we've got, what we've got in common is uh, how uh, hot we think each other is. Yeah. And we've got like, ah, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I maybe have said this before. I've definitely said this before. And I feel like I've maybe said this on the podcast. But I, I think that there is a double-edged sword of, um, you know, people very often say rape isn't about sex. Rape is not about sex. It's It's about power, power, right? Now, I I think it is important to say to somebody who has been raped or been sexually assaulted, that was not sex. That was rape. It wasn't consensual. It wasn't sex. Like, I, I know a lot of people who you know, think, you know, think of it. I mean, virginity is not real anyway. It's not a real thing. But a lot of people say, like, I lost my virginity being raped and that makes me feel so terrible. And for some of these people, it's very important to hear that was not sex. You didn't lose your virginity. It doesn't count. It does. It's not sex on the part of the victim. However, I think saying it's not about sex is actually uh, harmful because, you know, God, I... Like, God... Okay, can I just... Mm. I think I may be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure this was a Louis C.K. joke. Mm-hmm. And fucking Louis C.K. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Can I give my little thing about what's what is really wrong with Louis C.K.? The problem with Louis C.K. isn't that he pointed out the is not that he pointed out the stuff that he pointed out, and it's not that like you know anyone can at some point like be able to observe and see in themselves like oh these are things and i'm trying to make comedy about that it's the fact that like once you like are aware of that and you just still kept doing it mm-hmm. and it's like that's the thing yeah. it's like bro he was louis ck was probably the biggest celebrity turned out to be shitty disappointment Mm. And for me, and it and, really sucked once you got like, called out for because it it's like, and for readers, you know, if, if I'm missing something, let me know. But I remember it being this thing where it's like his next comedy special was just kind of like saying, ah, no big deal. About it. Like it was like that sort of like, he, oh, he, dude, he, no. came, he came out and did some comedy special of appealing to the lowest common denominator. Yeah, and, it, and you can feel it. You know how when you can feel like, where someone's coming from when they're doing a certain joke and it's like, dude, you're just reacting. And he, like the thing about it is, a comedian like him like is so smart. And mm-hmm. I have seen him be so smart. He's so like, fucking it, smart. It and feels so like an emotional smart. response that he is 
hitting for that low thing that and I know, and you I know, know we're mean? not the only people that have the reaction. It was I had a weird fucking moment where I was reading Captain Awkward, mm. um, which is this a really great advice blog, and I was reading an old Captain Awkward from like ten years ago. And the comment section, like, somebody mentioned Louis C.K. And all these, like, nerdy feminists were like, yeah, I love Louis C.K. Oh, my God. I love him. He's my favorite. And it was just like, oh, man. Yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I'm not, uh, like, uh, what was it? I think it was Aziz Ansari. I think the way he handled yeah. it was actually really good. Like, where, because. Well, Aziz Ansari, that was a whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, but even then, like, when he did his comedy special coming back, like, I felt like he didn't try to, like. Just be like, ah, you know, like the, in the same tone he, in the way Louis C.K. did it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. and also he also wasn't... He wasn't also doing didn't. anything near his back, yeah. yeah. So, um, um, but, but back but, to the movie... Wait, 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 wait. Uh-oh. So I had a whole, I had a whole thing. <laughs> and I got, okay, so basically, I mentioned Louis C.K. and then we got sidetracked. Oh, yeah. But what I'm saying is I think this was a Louis C.K. joke, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He said something like, I would... Well, I would never rape somebody unless I really want to fuck them and they don't want to. Or something like that. And the yeah. thing is... But that, I mean, that's a raw... Right. And you know, here's the thing. So many... And I can tie that back into there the movie, was, too. There was a study. Yeah, it absolutely ties to the great. So there was a study where a bunch of young college men were were surveyed and were said, like, do you think it's okay to rape somebody? No, of course not. Yeah. Do you think it's okay to sexually assault somebody? No, of course not. Right. Do you think it's okay to, like, uh, if a girl says no, just keep, like, touching her until she changes her mind and says yes? Well, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Right? Or do right. you think it's okay to do this and that? And so the survey, like, was asking It's like, questions. so explicitly, yeah. Like, of course, no one would do the obvious thing, but the, well, in the moment, well, I don't know. Right, and like so, and the so thing what, is... If she pushes back, then what? Well, you were already into it. And yeah, so yeah. the thing is, it, a rapist is not a type of person. A rapist is a person who commits rape, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody in can... In the conditions can do... An, anybody yeah, yeah. can be a rapist, and I think by acting as though a rapist is some mustache-twirling inhuman monster who is going i'm going to exercise power over this woman like no a a rapist is a person who is like i'm really horny and i really want to fuck this person and i'm gonna ignore any resistance they're showing because i really want to fuck them and that is so important not to let anybody off the hook but to say you human being who gets really horny sometimes you need to be aware that you could hurt somebody in this way and you need to check yourself and 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 we and let's not do this thing of like oh i but my sexual passion, I couldn't control myself. I was just so what? You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that's been so long mm-hmm. of a thing that we've done, right? And in this uh, scene in particular, because this is how I want to tie it back, it's not just the, oh, I just couldn't control myself. She was so hot. The way he justifies it in this movie is the, like, well, we had that conversation. We had that great connection. Well, we had it. You know what I'm saying? It, he's not just, oh, I just saw it from afar, and I'm just, yeah, I just went for it. He actually had, like, a good conversation with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, he actually had, like, you know, um, 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 damn it, damn it, damn it. Because I was trying to... He has, were, thing, he has things in common with her. They have this connection. Yes. And, and so, oh, this is my point. Okay, so the thing that they bring up as to why I couldn't have raped her, because, well, uh, uh, Duke, look at all the prostitutes we have. Why would I rape her? What would be the reason why I would have raped her? And, and to the, you know, dumb, you know, like, under-thinking guy's mind, you'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, you can the pussy. So why would you want to rip the? You, you, like that—that okay. that makes sense to someone who's not thinking. But in the specific heightened moment of, ooh, look at this woman though. This isn't just any common woman. 
This mm-hmm. was beautiful. She's on my intellectual level. She's with this guy that doesn't deserve her. I should be with her. Do you get what I'm trying to say in yeah. terms of like, this isn't just a, uh, I just want to make a sex and that's a girl's hot, so I'll make a sex to her. No, it's a, wait a minute, this is a special circumstance. Don't you see how things are special? We're both, we both uh, love the same literature. It has to be. He, this the, is the control the self- that, what happens. The narrative that he creates of, well, if we have these things in common, how many guys like do that, right? You know what I'm saying? Who are like, oh, we like uh, this thing we're supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. How he's, many guys do that, right? He is justifying. He's justifying, and it's interesting. Or, but, like many guys, moment, but like most people, when you get a crush on someone, you're like, "We're both into that." Oh, what, oh, oh, come on! Why can't it be more than that? You right, know what I'm saying? right, right, like, right. And I want to say though, like the narrative he starts building about her and about them together, it starts, and there's a really interesting moment where I think it's right after they have the conversation. He's like standing up somewhere on some like platform and watching her dance with her husband and she looks like she's kind of mouth like when we see it from his perspective she looks like she's sort of mouthing something to Mm -hmm. him and of course he's sitting there thinking like oh she's like trying to talk to me from afar and she's in love with me and when we see it from her perspective and we see what actually happens she's shit talking him to her husband but, you know, he immediately, all he sees is her dancing with her husband and saying something that but, he can't And hear. maybe stealing a glance off to him to be like, right. oh, she's talking about and, me. Right. You and, get exactly what we're he, saying and how the perception yeah, is happening and, here. And he, he's already building this self-justifying narrative in this self-flattering and self-justifying narrative in his mind about how she, he's entitled to her, basically. That's what it yeah. comes down to is he believes he's entitled but, to her. But, that, but do you see what I'm saying by like, the details of how he feels. So it's not just out of the blue, because like I said, yeah, Mm -hmm. he could just have sex with any of those hookers that he doesn't care about. But the reason why he feels the need to create this narrative is because of that, there's something special here. Mm -hmm. We are meant to be. I'm better than that guy. Because not only is rape not just about power, not only is it very often about sex, it's very often about romantic feelings. It is very Mm -hmm. often about genuinely felt romance which again does not justify anything but, but because but at something... the end of the day if someone's not consenting to it it doesn't matter how you feel right <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying it, like you, we can say that about uh, a game of uh, uh, like baseball if you start playing baseball with me and I don't want to play baseball with you and you throw that ball in my face I'm allowed to sue you now because you were doing something right. against my will and again and I, like, think, you know? I think this stuff is so important to talk about because if you actually want to prevent rape yes like self-defense great like cover your drink when you're at the bar great Mm. like i'm not saying women should not learn how to physically protect themselves and again you know on an individual basis and and everybody of all genders should because i've known right 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 because nobody tells guys not to but um you know i'm all for people knowing how to physically defend themselves but if you actually want to make real change and and actually prevent rape some of that is needing people to not, you know, when you say like, you know, there's a sort of somewhat flippant thing of you prevent rape by telling rapists not to rape. And it's like, (laughs) I think it's more than don't tell people not to rape because everybody's going to say, of course, everyone knows not to murder too, but murders still happen. (laughs) Right. it's, It's not tell them not to rape. It's tell them you may feel like this and you may be in a situation like this and this feels okay to you and it's not okay and you need to be aware of that. Like At the end of the day, violating someone else's consent. Like, you know, enthusiastic consent. That's what we say in this modern day. I've drawn this parallel a lot, but like, you know the whole thing with like, 
white fragility and the there, there's some I can't remember which comedian this was who said that like for a white person being called racist is like being called the n-word yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was that I don't know but I that I remember that being a brilliant thing because it's like white people and, really don't want to be called right, the n-word it's like and, how dare you right <laughs> yeah. like I mean a racist yeah, right yeah. right right and I think part of that is that the way we talk about racism is talking about racists and like, you know, the idea that like a racist is this horrible, bigoted, irredeemable person right, right. who's like, you know, wants to be in the clan and whatever. And is hiding underneath and someone so, and, ha we caught you because you said the wrong word. And you know, so yeah. if that is, if a racist is this irredeemable, bigoted, horrible, hateful monster, and you know you're not an irrede- irredeemable, bigoted, horrible, hateful monster, right. then if somebody says to you, like, hey, when you, um, you know, when you, like, wanted to touch somebody's hair, like, that was actually racist, mm. and somebody responds with, oh, my God, I'm not a racist. Or How you have you some that? prejudice or whatever, but right. then you justify it with, like, well, well, I was scared of black guys. Oh, come on. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah, so, yeah. And so that treating... Treating this wrongdoing as if it is the purview of a specifically horrific type of barely human monster means that you're going to actually prevent people. I mean, think about right-wingers constantly going on about how they hate pedophiles and they're going to kill pedophiles, and then a Republican congressman soliciting a 13-year-old girl and somehow they justify that. Roy Moore mm -hmm, was one of those guys. And he was the main guy pushing the transgender bill because we don't want those people Mm -hmm. near our children. And people in North Carolina were saying, what about those times you were hanging out at the malls with the teenagers, Roy Moore? Because (laughs) when somebody's in that mindset a pedophile is not a real person a pedophile is a monster you can do violence to and, and specifically for the Roy Moore conservative types a pedophile is a man who wants to have sex with young boys I really do think that's what they think but, 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 but with a with a man wanting to have sex with a young woman of course that's just nature like I really do think they think that way there is that specifically you too know? but but my my overall point is that by Treating any sort of wrongdoing, whether it is bigotry, whether it is sexual misconduct, treating any sort of wrongdoing as though it's something that only a complete monster could do for completely incomprehensible reasons is not going to prevent that wrongdoing because what you need to do is go, this is a thing that human beings do for reasons that make sense and feel justifiable Mm. to those human beings in that moment because only then when you acknowledge that, Mm. can you say, wow, this is something I might do if I'm not careful and I need to examine myself so I don't do that. Yeah, and it's it's being able to say, these human emotions happen and it still doesn't justify doing the action. I feel like so much... Of yeah, what we do when we want to be good, we say no, no, no. Those feelings are not valid at all. You know, no, no, no. You know what I'm saying? And then what happens is the conservative or alt right types they say, well, those feelings are valid though. But you are feeling them, aren't you? And so because like, well, people are feeling this, you know, in any way, we kind of lose to that type of person who just wants to have the more baser. Like, well, if she likes it, like, I mean, if she was, uh, you know. Basically asking for, I mean, uh, well, I wanted to pull it back to what the line was. Uh, he says, you know, I know your finances are fragile and he doesn't appreciate you. Like it's that, like he specifically makes it very plain. It's like, I, you know, I know that the, this is, and it's kind of funny because from his angle, it could be like, you're not doing well. And I, I could be a whimper, but, is, but from her angle, it kind of seems like, 
I know yeah. you've got nowhere there else is, to go. This, you know, your finances are fragile. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Adam Driver gives such an amazing performance here because there are these really subtle differences in his performance between Legree's segment and Marguerite's yeah, segment. Yeah. Where, yeah, he he's saying the exact same thing. He's in the exact same position on the floor. He even basically has more or less the same facial expressions and tone of voice. And yet there are these subtle differences where when he says it, he's this love-struck, tragic thing. Right. And when he and when you're seeing from her perspective, he's but, threatening her. But the thing about it is, as you watch back the scene, it's still like it doesn't feel like it really does feel like a half and half where it's like at one second you could swear it felt like it was that romantic moment, and then the next second it's like, no, but it's clearly not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the way the movie unfolds, it doesn't feel like, you know, it's not like during his scenes, you know, the uh, the screen gets uh tinted with a nice, you know, red hue and like yeah. like no, it like it feels like the same scene is playing it out is. if you go yeah. back. Yeah. And so you're like, the only difference was Oh, we were following him and how he was already feeling up to that point. So because he yeah. already felt that way, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That it, interpreted that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I also, so I want to circle back a little bit to Carouge again because, look, I mean, we all know rape is bad, right? We all uh. know rape is bad. Legree is bad. Quote us on that. You can put that. You can be like, could you hear that the review new podcast? Yeah. But I think, like, Carouge is also, like, Carouge is abusive and shitty and harmful and misogynistic in a way that is a little bit harder to articulate than rape is bad. And it's interesting because I think he is a type of, he's a type of shitty that does tie in and apply to... It's still an entitlement. To modern day, even though, you know, obviously we, not at least in the U.S., we're not having men you know, ask the king if they can duel to the death and their wife's going to get burned at the stake if they lose. Mm-hmm. Like, that specific situation's not happening. Well, the metaphorical but, thing these days. <laughs> but, well, yeah, and so, I, and so I'm curious to, to think about, like, what... Because he's, he's a type, and, and the, way that he's, the way that he's shitty is a way that people can still be shitty. And I think a lot of it is actually, actually... Mm. Okay, you know what I'm saying about, like, we were talking about the whole, like, I'm going to kill me a pedophile thing, mm. but then don't actually care about, like, a young girl getting a Ah, yeah, um, that's the thread there, there yeah. There is a type of, like, there is a type of sort of hyper-macho, I'm going to protect women by beating up the bad guy. But what I really wanted to do was just beat up people anyway, and this was just my thin moral excuse to do that, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, <laughs> and look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real, real and vulnerable here for a moment, like... I genuinely understand this, and I think this is something actually that's really important for men to talk about because it's very easy to feel angry for various reasons. There's all kinds of ways to feel angry and reasons to feel angry, but to feel angry, to want to do violence as a response to that anger, and then to find a borderline acceptable outlet for that violence, but it's not... And I'll say, again, being super fucking vulnerable here, there is a person um, in my town who is really fucking creepy. And he is, I think he is cognitively disabled in some way, but he's really fucking creepy. And I've had run-ins with him where he's tried to talk to my kid. And, um, and And I have threatened him before. And I've threatened to 
kick his ass before. And I don't regret doing that because I needed to get him the fuck away from my kid. Um, But there have been times that when I'm angry for whatever reason that don't really have anything to do with that guy, I've been like, man, I sure would love to do violence. I'm not going to get into a huge amount of detail because I don't want to say that on a podcast and get arrested for threatening somebody's life. But... You know, but I have absolutely found myself having violent fantasies about hurting this person physically very badly and then realized, oh, you know what? That has nothing to do with me wanting to protect my kid or anybody else's kid. That's me being angry and wanting to hurt somebody and there's mm -hmm. an acceptable person that I feel like morally okay for me to hurt. Yeah, it's the Breaking Bad thing, honestly. I remember going back to that. Do you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. There's the one part where he's like, you know, did you cook because you were really trying to, like, save our family and da-da-da? And it was just like... It's like, no, it was... Like, yeah. (laughs) It's like, you're doing for his own Because, like, after the first million or so, they were going to be fine. Why did you keep cooking then? You know, and it's like, yeah, it was because I, I was good at it and I knew it could do it and I wanted to fucking take it as far as I could go. It's like, exactly. You know, it's like the ego gets in the way, but you have these justifications. No, 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 I'm doing it for my family. No, no, I'm doing it for the honor. Yeah, and it's absolutely, in the case of Carouge, it is absolutely both the I'm angry and I want to do violence and also the ego thing of I want to show off what a big manly man I am. And... That is, and it's a, it's a somewhat subtler, it is a somewhat subtler Because that feels kind of like shittiness. the good, that feels like the opposite of right. the dark, like, again, guy. Again, we all know, after we've all talked about Twilight to death, mm-hmm. we all know that a man who's trying to be quote unquote romantic by ignoring a woman's boundaries and doing stuff she's telling him not to do, yeah, we all know that's bad. cute, that shit ain't cute. But, but the kind of... And, and it's like, you know, I feel like the, he almost aligns a little bit with the nice guy trope, but not really because, like, this is a man who, and, and I don't think we've mentioned, um, and I almost forgot about this until it was mentioned again near the end, uh, when we meet Karuj, he's already widowed and lost a child. He had a wife and a kid That's who true. died. I think they, they had a plague. They, they're, yeah. they had yes, a plague or something. Yes. So he, he had a wife and child who died. So... Um, and he's regarded as handsome, like Marguerite's friend is like, oh, I'm so jealous your husband's good looking. Um, you know, I mean, he's Matt Damon, you know, mm-hmm. so he's, 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 <laughs> um, he's not got a half melted face. Yeah. Uh, he has a scar. But he's got a scar that uh, someone online pointed out changes with each person telling the story. I never oh. even thought about that. I, did, I remember I did, noticing I, it. And I feel like, like it did look a little weird. It yeah, felt, like it my looked, eye was drawn to it. It looked bigger. In, yeah. It looked bigger in Legree's version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he, you know, but he's handsome. He's had a wife already. He, you know, almost feels like he's doing Marguerite a favor by marrying her because she's the daughter of this disgraced traitor. Right. Um, you know, he's not he's not the sort of incel nice guy like, well, what do women like me? It's not he that. He is someone who ge- genuinely believes he is doing good when right. he does what he's doing. He is somebody who believes him, who truly believes himself to not just be a nice guy, but a good guy mm-hmm. and to be a like nobleman. honor, honor, uh, what, what's the word? Honorable and noble and yada, yada, yada. And yet he is doing things that, Put his wife's life at risk, and also, and why? And, and I want to say yeah. also because they have a baby at home, 
And if a baby, I mean, they probably had a wet nurse, but maybe not. I mean, a baby can be in big trouble if it's fucking medieval Europe and its mom dies. Yeah, so yeah. he already lost a wife and a child, and he's putting his other wife and his other child, their lives at risk, just to prove his dick is bigger than Legree's. Yeah. And then, uh, so after the rape happens... Uh, Legree, it's just the phrasing that he uses automatically. It's all like I rem- I remember the moment he switches over to yes, we should deny what we did, uh, and you'll deny I know, it too. It's so fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's so like because I know you're an honest woman and you don't want to lose your virginity. So yes, I'll go along with the lie that we never had sex. You know, like that sort of deal, right? Like yeah, you're, you're you just know. immediately putting it on her, and in a way that's like. And he specifically says, "You feel yourself guilty, my love, but I beseech you, tell no one." For your safety, if your husband hears of this, he may kill you. And it's like, like in that moment, whoa, in that man. moment, you're like... That's such a power I, play. I had that moment of going like, how much of his bu- how much of his own bullshit does he actually right? buy Is he here? sniffing right now? Because it's, it's not actually... Because that soul feels like a hack. Like, that... It's you like, know do you we, really believe this? Okay, or Evan, are you... Do you yeah. know how sometimes you'll say something? And, you, you know, because you think it and then you say it, you're kind of... Half meaning one way and maybe half meaning another way, but because you're re- like you're emotionally having the moment where oh, you're yeah. like, oh yeah, I say hor- horrific <laughs> fucking things when I'm angry. I'm I say things when I'm angry that I will like go, no, I do not think that. Right, like, you don't really mean that, but it's like, but in the moment of the emotionally, you know, yeah. heightenedness, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but the way he's speaking, where he says, uh, you know, if your husband hears of this, he may kill you. That could totally come across in the, you know, romantic scenario of like, please, my love, do not tell her this. I know you feel yourself guilty, but you cannot give yourself and away. It also, and it also comes off as a threat. Right. That's exactly what I'm like. So I love the dialogue and how it's written in the perfect way where it's like, as I'm watching this, I'm still not 100% sure as I'm watching this. Well, honestly, like, as I watch the scene, I'm not 100% sure if he is really saying this in that way of, don't tell anyone, bitch, or let us not tell anyone. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when it gets to the end of the movie, and, he, like, this fight is going down, mm-hmm. and he legitimately says, no, like, I, I, it wasn't true. Like, it's the moment where it's like, I think he believes his own shit. It still doesn't justify it, so- because as I watch the movie, I see why, like, because it's that thing where it's like, you know how you, because you already wanted to believe something, you omit how something could have how certain information could uh, change so how you I want to push back you know I want to push back because on that moment he doesn't say there was no rape he says there was no adultery and the thing is he knows that he fucked her and I'm sorry to like I, yeah. I say it like that it sounds harsh but I you know uh. he knows that that happened and even if it had been consensual it would still be adultery. Yeah. So that moment, he knows he's lying in that moment when he says there was no mm. adultery. Regardless of whether he believes it was consensual or mm. not, he knows it was adultery and he knows yeah. he's lying. Or, you know, I'm saying adultery. Yeah, no, you're right because, er, like, it. Rel- the language is important because, like, earlier when he's talking to the dude, he has that moment of, like, like, did you rape her? Uh, no. It was, uh, of course, she made the typical protest, but that's what women have to do. Do you feel like he's really having a, no, is that true? Or do you feel he's doing that? No, uh, actually, here's how I'm going to justify it. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Have you seen Barbarian? No, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Tower uh, either. I heard those are both really good. I almost thought it was Tusk for a second that I was thinking ah, of, because I was like, Justin ah, Long, no, not... 
Okay, so I, I don't think I don't think this is a big spoiler. Uh, but I guess maybe possibly mild spoiler for Barbarian if you're planning to see it. It is a good movie. Justin Long plays this character who we find out early on is... Okay, yeah, spoiler for Barbarian, whatever. Mm -hmm. We find out his character is being accused of sexual assault, and then he is talking to a friend later when he's drunk and describing what happened, and it's very clear that he actually did assault this person, but he's telling himself that it was consensual, but then he realizes, like, as he's telling it that he mm. wasn't, and he calls this person's, like, apologizing. Mm. So, like, mm. um, it reminded me of that. I feel like, I mean, okay, so, like, taking it to a less charged example, um, like, there's a, okay, okay, I had a situation not not sexual assault. Mm. Um, I had a situation where I was getting off an airplane. And um, you know how when you're getting off an airplane, the airplane stops. And then you have to wait for like a half a fucking hour before yeah. you're allowed to get off the fucking airplane. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was on a cross-country, cheap-ass flight. And my ears hurt. And I was tired. And I did not feel good. And I just wanted to get off that fucking airplane. And I had, like, a backpack, right? And I didn't have, like, a carry-on thing in the overhead. I just had a backpack. And I um, stood up, and I walked up in the aisle, right? And this guy was, like, in a seat that I walked past, and he was kind of starting to stand up. And I was just, I walked ahead. And he got pissed off mm. that I didn't let him in front of me. And he was standing behind me. And I had, like, earbuds in. I could hear him, but I had earbuds in. And he's standing behind me. He was like, you know, you could have let me go in front. And I just ignored him. I was pretending I couldn't hear him. He was like, you should have said excuse me. You should have let me go first. Da-da-da-da-da. And then he, like, followed me down the gangway. Like, you needed, you should have let me go in front. Hello, hello, excuse me. And I was, like, absolutely at that point, I was like, I am not going to turn around. Yeah, I am not going to acknowledge you. Because I was like, walk, and I would like walk by the TSA agent. I'm like, yeah, you want to like take a swing on me right in front of a TSA agent? Please, by all means, please do that. Um, you know, and I was really angry because this person was like being a huge dick and overreacting. Mm. Um, right, and, is this worth this? Right, yeah. and so like as I'm telling the story, I'm like, fuck you. You didn't get up fast enough. I had the right to cut in front of you. Mm. I'm going to get off the plane first because I'm faster. Fuck you. You know, yeah, yeah. and like. I was saying that because I was mad at the way he overreacted and was, like, trying to, like, demand, an, yeah. you know, whatever. But looking back, like, even as I'm saying that, I'm going, you know, maybe I was being a jerk. But maybe even I shouldn't, as you, but even maybe as I shouldn't that, have jumped in front of him. But, but even as you're saying that, I'm hearing, like, if I was that guy, I would... I could imagine myself saying, yeah, sure, getting angry and getting busy. But I could also imagine myself going... Oh, did that guy not hear me? Did he have earbuds in? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. people on both sides do that, right? Where it's just like, that guy must have been being a jerk to me. That guy must have not caring. Right. Was just being a, right. It couldn't and have so, been that maybe they just didn't see you. Yeah. You know what I well, mean? Well, so, like, so my point was, specifically in me telling this story, looking back with a slightly cooler head, I think maybe I was a dick to begin with and that I kind of jumped in front of this guy because <laughs> I was in a hurry to get off the plane. Right, right. Um, and, you know, but as I'm telling the story... 
and I'm telling it and I'm angry and I'm like, and, fuck him. And, he lazy fuck didn't want to get up fast enough and I got how, in front of him. And how are you starting fuck the story, right? Man, how are you starting? But think about how you're starting the story. Oh, it was a long trip and look, we're just trying to get off. So I just get off. It like, you've already set me up emotionally to understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from. So by the time this guy's like, what, this guy doesn't just want to get off and oh, it's supposed to be my problem that he doesn't want to get off. Like, you see what I'm saying? And how like right. details so, can pre Right, right, right. right. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. when Legree, and so all of that, getting back into the more yeah. charged scenario, right. when Legree says, um, oh, well, you know, no, it wasn't rape. I mean, you know, she protested, so I'm going to have to get by. He maybe, as he's saying yeah. that, is going, oh, fuck, maybe I did fuck up. But... Uh. But he, regardless of what's going on internally and cognitively, he's still saying this to justify because his ultimate goal, just like my ultimate goal in telling that story is, that guy was a huge dick to me, fuck him. Right. Legree's ultimate goal in telling this story is, she wanted it, I did not rape her. And, and, and oh, what a coincidence, she loved me so much that that's actually what was happening, That and, right. and she's denying it. You know what I'm right, saying? Like, right, that's right. the narrative that I want to yeah. believe. And, yeah. I, and I feel like, I just want to say also now, we've spent... Almost all the time talking about these two men and not a whole lot of time talking about Marguerite. Yeah. Partly because, I mean, there's not as much to say about her because she doesn't suck. And I feel like it's always a little more interesting to talk about the people who suck and yeah. the ways that we suck. Uh, and but- also, I, I, like, the way they treat her. It's like, I feel like they don't do the modern thing of, like, over giving a character who would be in this type of situation at this specific thing mm-hmm. to be like, oh, but we... We gotta grow boss it up, so we gotta give her some impractical yeah, the, moment, the like, whole, like, like in Aladdin, you know, when she's like, "I will not be silenced. I have to have a minute song where I say well, it won't be silenced, but because these men writing this movie don't actually care, they just move on with the yeah, movie." And mean, then, you know what I'm trying to say? Marguerite, with like the little pittance of a thing. No, but at the same time, as the movie unfolds, it does not let you escape from the reality of what she's mm-hmm. dealing with, and that's where I think is more powerful. It is, and, and I also want to say, know. just as a character, she's very cool, and she yeah. is she is competent and smart and interesting in a way that is realistic yeah. for a 14th century French noblewoman. She is, you know, she reads books, and she's... She actually can balance books. Right. Like, she, she get, like because that's what... I feel like we don't get that as mm-hmm. much openly, because it's like, well, while he's gone, I'm handling the right. finance as well. So, that's clearly a competent yeah. woman, so you know? she's, she reads books. She's got good number sense. She's good at running the estate. She's competent about animals. She's got a good sense of all that. And these are all skills that noble women could and did actually have back then in that time and place. And I appreciated that they make her, like, they, they have this realistic confidence, and they're not trying to do that sort of bullshit girl bossy, like, someday there will be a democracy, like in <laughs> Athens, and women will vote for the leaders, and, yeah. you know, she's not doing any bullshit like that. She is competent in the way that real medieval noblewomen were competent. Yeah. Um, and, and also it sets you up to have the moment that I did when you're watching the final duel of I just want this lady to be able to go home and, right. do, a, and do a good job running that's her what estate. You care about at the end of the movie. And then we know she yeah. can do it. <laughs> that we're set up to know that she can handle this estate on her own and that mm. she doesn't rely on the man and in fact is better off without him because her he's Her win is so much more subtle. Yeah. As, yeah. as how that the movie she's, that, that he's making bad decisions about his animals. Yeah. You know? And so, so, you know, um, the king, you know, uh, in like originally they don't want to do the duel he's like well this is an arcane you know we haven't done it for 12 years or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, you know weird little weird little fucking teenage king with his dog yes and he says <laughs> the, there's one line where he says 
if anybody leaves, he will be arrested and hanged. And he like chuckles a bit to himself. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's like a goddamn. Like, and even like during the duel, he's like looking at his wife and kind of like, hmm, yeah. Isn't this delightful? Like, oh my god. But what's so funny is like if you go to like Ren Fair or whatever, you know, whenever they have this set up, it's always the big regal king in the land. Well, you know, I, mean? I think that's very often because the king at the Ren Fair is supposed to be Henry the Eighth. But I just think it's so funny, like what what, what we the, the you know cre- stereotype is cre- what we think. Creepy little teenager. Yeah, this is what they mostly probably were, just like pharaohs and whatever. It was mm-hmm. just like kids that were too young in control of shit. Mm-hmm. Could you think about like think about the reality of that fact? Like I said, I've read like a thirteen-year-old just in control. I mean, of that's why you had regents and and viziers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, when uh, Legree comes into her house and the servant, uh, his, his servant boy is with him too, and she goes like. And, you know, he's saying, like, you know, it's like, I, you know, I'm feeling some type of way about you, you know, in so many words. And uh, she says, oh, we, I don't think this is okay what you're doing right now. And the servant boy says, when, uh, you know, when my master sets his eyes on love and she, you know, he says, you know, he tells him, shut up, boy, you know, shut up, page boy. And Marguerite says, I think you should leave right now. And uh, 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 Legree says, that's right, page boy, leave, you know, and like, it's so clearly misunderstanding what she was saying, you know, well, like, not clearly, because it's like, again, you get what I'm trying to say with like, I could see him interpreting it that way, right? I was like, I feel like you should leave right now. And Legree saying, that's right, page boy, who just spoke get out. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to, oh, she's talking to me? You know, like, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is something that somebody pointed out, and I want to I wanna shout out the Reddit user NYCXAndrew, because, like, this is a specific thing that I didn't think about, and I don't want to take credit for this shit, so. In one version, uh, this is what the comment says, in one, mer- in one version, Carouge says hi to Legree first, and vice versa in the other version. Mm. In Jodie Comer's version, Damon and Driver don't call each other out as loudly or enthusiastically. Also, it's someone else who speaks about ha- them having to come together for the king. Mm. So do you get what I mean? In terms yeah, of like, these really subtle little... Cause, I mean, yeah, like, oh, in my about, story, oh, I was the good guy. Well, in my about, story, oh, I was the good guy. And think about, like, how memory works. Like, yeah. even, like, we're, we're just sitting there, like, you know, how the... I had the comment about the comedian saying, like, racist is the N-word for white people. Mm. I literally don't remember. I can picture, like... Patton Oswald saying yeah. that. I can picture like some edgy I, comedian. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I could I could picture Hannibal um, Hannibal Burris Hannibal yeah. Burris saying that. Like I I can picture like name a comedian and I can picture them saying that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who it actually was. I could Google it, but I'm not going to because yeah. my point is that memories are very fallible. They're finding this out more and more scientifically, especially in the 1300s. Yeah, and you're just like a guy. You yeah. know, like yeah. I liked how it literally is the same story, but how the details, like, the littleness of the details makes it so important to how their individual perspectives, you know, play out in relation to how everyone feels about the situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, the those details aren't just, oh, well, that just that's just to show that a different story is happening. No, it's to, like, every detail feels like it's proving and building the case for why they felt that way. You know what I'm saying? So so when we're watching and organically relating to how we feel about the characters the first time and then dig back and get why Carouge feels like he's the hero who's owed his due and why he's reacting to how he is, why Legree feels justified and how he's reacting to who he is, you know what I'm saying? Then, you know, 
most importantly, the person who's actually directly, you know, dealing with these men and why she feels the way she is, you know what I'm saying? The movie's trying to really make you feel why each character is motivated, you know, and why each subtle inconsistency is justified in the narrative and how it unfolds, you know what I'm saying? So, so like, as I'm saying, like, this is why I think this is honestly brilliant. Like, this isn't just, oh, just a coincidence that they decided to do this and look how it happened a bit. Like, no, this feels so meticulous with how they planned each detail where it's the thing where you're like, whoa, this is incredible visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Really taking, uh, 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 you know, repeating a story and really, like, uh, uh, not only just doing, uh, you know, mur- you know, the murder mystery of, oh, but if you look at it from this perspective, da, da, da. it's like, no, not only if you look at it from this perspective, and this is why this mentality ends up getting justified. You know, if you were in that same scenario, even if you could see the obvious signs, because you already wanted to think this way, this is how this gets justified. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, so, so, and I think the movie has a very stated purpose of making it clear that her side of events are what actually are most accurate to what happened. But mm-hmm. the film uses the initial telling of the male perspective to make you, the audience, complicit and culpable and truly feeling and understanding why the men in this film, you know what I'm saying, feel mm-hmm. the way that they're going. So that's what I think is brilliant. Uh, like, so how it really does that. It doesn't just give you a, 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 a rote version of that. It feels like it really gives you that journey but still, like we said at the beginning, doesn't let them off the hook for how they are ignoring the reality of what is happening, especially with the women in their lives, right? How, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, they're, both men are examples of how they're ignoring, like, uh, the reality of what the experiences of women are to the point of only fulfilling their specific needs. Mm-hmm. Carouge is only, well, I'm a nobleman and you need to do this for me, so you need to have sex with me after he had sex with him, just to prove it. You're like, because we know this isn't really about you, this is about my honor. And, like, you know, Legree is like, I want to have you, and I don't, I don't really care, because if I really cared, I'd be, you know, like, using those words, enthusiastic consent, as we yeah. know. But, it, like, even if you don't have those words, there's still a certain way that if you actually give a shit about someone, you're going to treat them. You're, you're not just notice, going to wait, but I just had to feel so passionate about her, and now that we're alone, I'm going to finally you, do what I want. You're going to notice how they're feeling. Right? Yeah, you're going to care about yeah. how they feel. That, that's what this all is at the end of the day, folks. If there's anything that we're teaching you, it's about, it's about actually giving a shit about the person that you're putting yourself inside of, or letting yourself be put inside of. Wait, yeah, letting yourself... How do we reverse if, that if there's phrase? any bodily <laughs> contact yeah. happening, everybody should be cool with it. Yeah, and and why the fuck not, right? What why why would you want the like? Oh wait, were they cool with that? Like, no, don't you want to be like that was so awesome? They wanted to fuck me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a good feeling. As far as the narrative is concerned, in the moment, like as that last moment unfolded, like I legit believed him when he said he thinks it wasn't. Rape, but at the same same time, it's fascinating to see how these sociological factors that were put in place to allow a scenario like this to unfold in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 um the way uh you know this society that we clearly don't need to go back to that that you know saw everything as like well we need to act this way because this is what good people do they you know mm-hmm. women who aren't whores they must act this certain way because they don't just want to tell guys they're interested in them you know what I'm saying and then well what do guys do when they want to find out a girl's interested in them well you've got to go by implication because these women don't just tell you mm-hmm. so when she did that that meant that meant that meant you get what I'm trying to say it's like it sets up these societies so we should definitely be living in a society where we don't have that and hope we're all more open about the people that we want to uh, put ourselves in and have themselves put into us. And uh, 
But yeah, uh, this has been the Review a New Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you want to make those requests, that's ko-fi.com slash RevCritic. And if you want to join up for all the cool, fun stuff that I said at the beginning, like uh, uh, helping me get to those uh, uh, Busta Rhymes and Wu-Tang Clan streams, as uh, well as joining the Discord to chat with me and fellow fans for our movie nights and game nights that we have. It's all fun. It's all cool. It's all hip-hop happening. Uh, but until next time... Uh, for the Review a New Podcast, I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And between our quests, we seek to invest in a person named Clark Gable. It's busy life in Camelot. I have to push the Pramalot. Well, on second thoughts, let's not go to Camelot. It is a silly place.